Welcome to It Just Makes Sense, a podcast by two easily distracted, higher-educated former lovers that make you want to scream, It Just Makes Sense. This week, I'm joined again by the lovely co-hostess with the mostest, Erin, or those who all know and love her dearly almost as much as I do, Shelly Stone. Shelbo, here. Hi, Shelly. Welcome Hello. back, doll. Thank you. Thanks for joining me again. Yes. I'm excited to be here. Got my wine set. All ready to go. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. So this week's case is an episode from Cold Case Files. Okay. Um, one of the first things that I wanted to say while I was watching this was that I don't know, if you watch a lot of crime documentaries, do you ever notice that when it's a teacher, they talk about female teachers as school teachers, like they're like this docile little creature. Correct. And then when they talk about men. Teacher. Teacher. <laughs> like, but I guess like they're like predators or like strong and tough. Right. But when it's a women, when it's women, they're always like feminine and dangerous. Right. And that annoying. they're being taken advantage of yeah, by always. the student. Yeah. Anyway, it's just an observation. Yeah, I was a little I annoyed agree. by it. I agree. So let's get in the case. Well, did you watch that um, that one show that was on Hulu, A Teacher? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was a good one. It was so good. I liked it a lot. But the same thing. It was like he took advantage of her when, no, she's a predator and a predator. Mm-hmm. Okay. So on a cold December morning in 1992 in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I said that wrong. It's Lancaster, as Lancaster. they say in, in Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania. <laughs> Sorry to our Pennsylvania listeners. Oops. Christy Merrick, a sixth grade teacher at a Lancaster elementary school, didn't show up for work. 25-year-old Christy was never late for school. Her principal, Harry Goodman, was alarmed. It was very unlike her. He called her apartment five times. He was extremely worried. After multiple failed attempts to reach her, he called her mother, because it was so typically out of character. Christie's mother quickly called her brother Vince. They were in a panic. He, she needed to hear that he had heard from her. Christie's family lived about two hours away from Lancaster, so Principal Goodman volunteered to go to her apartment to check on her. As he pulled into the parking lot, he noticed her car was there and completely iced over. Something was wrong. He went into the apartment to see if she was in there. What he walked into put him in a total state of shock. He ran out of the apartment, slammed the door, and started screaming and pounding on doors until someone let him in. He finally could call 911. At this point in the episode, it shifts back to Christy's background. Christy was a middle child. Her brother and friends recounted that she was always an educator from a young age. She taught lessons in the garage like a big nerd. <laughs> nerd. <laughs> Some of her best friends remembered that she was the life of the party, always having a great time, dancing, loving music, just being around people. Now, as police and first responders arrived on the scene, they entered the apartment to find Christie's body on the floor. She had visible, significant facial injuries, marks around her neck suggesting strangulation. She was nude from the waist down except her socks and her shirt was pushed up over her upper chest. I would be ticked off if somebody left my socks on. <laughs> and killed you? Sure. 
<laughs> the crime scene led the detectives to believe that she had sexually been sexually assaulted. So the scene also suggested there was a major struggle. There were scrape marks along the wall leading into the living room, and there were bodily fluids on the carpet. Investigators cut the piece of carpet and sent it for analysis. Police called Christie's parents and told them they needed to come to Lancaster that Christie had been in an accident, but it had been no accident at all. She was murdered. Murdered. The police began to canvass the area. A neighbor they interviewed that morning said they noticed a cream-colored car parked across from Christie's townhouse that's usually not there. Sam and I say this every single time this happens. Would you ever notice a car that was like, never. never? I would never. Who fucking does that? I would never notice that anything random. Never. Like a car, a new, even a new person. I would never, nothing. I'd be a terrible witness. Same. Unless it was my driveway. Right. I would never notice shit. <laughs> right. I don't even know your your car is in my driveway right now. <laughs> 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 Oh, I would never. I don't know license plates. Never. Nothing. Never. So anyways, the neighbor said she saw a white male with a muscular build and dark stringy hair going to Christie's apartment. The witness's roommate also came out, and they agreed they both heard a high-pitched scream that morning. They weren't positive it was Christie, but it sounded female and came from the direction of her apartment. Investigators had the neighbors sit with a sketch artist to get it out to the public. They got it on local TV, got a few calls, but nothing led to anything useful. The day of Christie's murder, a man showed up to her school asking to see her. Mm, sketchy. Right? This was an extremely odd coincidence given what had just happened. Right. A school administrator asked if he knew what was going on. He said he didn't have any clue. But they immediately called police. This was very suspicious. The man's name was Dagger, and he was Christie's ex-boyfriend. Oh my goodness, Christie! Why are you dating anybody named Dagger? Dagger, yeah. What do you think is going to happen, honey? Honey. <laughs> he immediately agreed to be interviewed by the police, though. Now, this Dagger was in a relationship with Christie for almost about two years. He was almost twice her age, about 20 years older. Uh, they said they had met at a bar and began dating. Typical. Right. This was the early 90s, right. so before abs. However, it wasn't so innocent. This dirtbag was married. Oh, dagger. Come on. <laughs> Christy only shared this little detail with one of her besties. Her family had no idea about his marriage. But they were okay with her dating a man named Dagger. I mean, <laughs> they didn't say if it was his nickname, but okay. they said it was his name. I got, It does seem strange. Right? Who fucking ne named? Nisi would be like, yeah. Later, <laughs> Dagger. Good luck with Dagger, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Apartment all the time. Nisi Boo would tell you who was boss. Yeah. He gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so now at this point in the episode, I'm starting to get a little annoyed. They won't show the guy. Okay. 
Did the motherfucker have stringy hair or what? Right, where is his black stringy what? hair? <laughs> was he jacked? Can we rule him out or what? Right. Stop, stop trying to make this go longer than it needs to. We can stop, We can get him out of the picture right. real quick. But again, it probably would have made it into a 10 minutes episode, not 20. Right. So then they tell us, dear viewers, that a couple of days before the murder, Christy ended the relationship with him. Oh, snap. He claimed to have called on Monday to see how she was doing. He wasn't an- she wasn't answering the phone, so he was concerned. Sir. He goes to her school. Back off. Right. Go check on your wife. Right. What the hell? Sounds awfully shady yeah. to me. And why are you has Dagger ever went to the school before? Good question. You know? Probably not. No. Considering he's dating a he's, he's married. married. Right. But he had an alibi. Okay. He was at the DMV, and it was verified. Okay. He also took a polygraph. And did he pass? Here's where you say, junk science. <laughs> <laughs> junk science. Anytime, okay, any, okay. anytime Sam says polygraph, I say junk science. What? My heart starts racing because I'm nervous, and then I'm guilty? Yeah. You're nervous either way. Yeah. I don't like to start Like, right cops. now, I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Sweaty palms. <laughs> right. I would fail a polygraph right now. <laughs> right now. He also gave a DNA sample, and it didn't match. All right. So, Dagger the Cheater was off the hook. Just a cheater. Just a cheater. I still want to see his black stringy hair. I, I, I mean, he didn't have black stringy hair, but oh. they don't show him. Oh, Okay. Yeah, they never show like Dagger, probably because he's still cheating on his wife. But oh, he so the guy who raped, right? Okay, So the guy who entered the apartment had, had black, black stringy hair. hair. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. got it. Back with you. So the next day, they performed an autopsy. She had a fractured jaw. She was determined to be sexually assaulted, and the cause of death was strangulation. Oh, this poor girl. The Combined DNA Index System, or CODIS, as we know it from SVU, Mm -hmm. was pretty new back then and only had former sex offenders from 12 states registered to it. yeah, early 90s, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. It did not have a match for Christie's murderer. They were at a loss. After the ex-boyfriend dead end, the detectives turned their attention to the principal, Harry Goodman. Oh, that entered the apartment. Mm-hmm. How did he get in the apartment, first of all? Did we've... We haven't established okay, that. Okay, because how the hell did he get in there? Good fucking catch. Right? Harry, <laughs> did you have a key? Right. How is the principal getting into the apartment? Walking right in. Right, like he owns a joint. So he's brought to the station for questioning, and he's immediately fingerprinted, which I thought was strange, because... I mean, he's a suspect. He hasn't been arrested yet. So why are they fingerprinting this guy? Right. He was. They asked him if he was sexually involved with Christy because he was so easy to get into the apartment. True. He was furious. He told detectives that the door was open, and that's why he was able oh, to get in. Oh, okay. So someone kicked the door down. Mm. Possibly. So or Harry's a liar. Or Harry's a liar. <laughs> but he did say the door was open when he got there. Okay. And that's. How he was able to walk right in. They, the detective still thought it was very strange that he would go to her house to check up on her for not showing up to work. Now, 
Right. I think nowadays, yeah, that's weird. Like, I think if, if I, like, one of my coworkers didn't show up for work, right. I wouldn't immediately be like, go over to their house to check right. on them. You send a phone call. Uh, text them. Because yesterday I didn't go to work. Yeah. On time. <laughs> <laughs> and I got a text message saying, are you coming to work? And I said, oh, shoot. Here I come. <laughs> they didn't send out a search party. No, nobody came to my house and broke my door down. Yeah. They just said, you're late for work. Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> like, I routinely will ask my friends, like, if they're not logged in. Like, right. where are you? Are you is everything day, okay? Right. Yeah. Like, you're supposed to tell me if you're taking the day off. Right. Hello. Fools. Right. But, like, maybe at two days yeah. or three, like, I would go over to right, 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 someone's right. house. Yes, yes, yes. Like, Sam and I always joke. We're like, oh, when would you get worried that I was missing? I said, I said, well, if you haven't reached out to me, well, depending on the day of the week. Right. If it was a Monday or Tuesday and you didn't show up to record, then I would think it was weird. Right. If it was the end of the week and you didn't ask me when you wanted to record. Right. Then I would show up. Right. It all depends on the person. It does. Because there are some days like when I'm going to say mainly like Monday or probably hangover days when my friends know Mm. they're probably not going to hear from me. Yeah. Until 5 or 6 p.m. Right, like late on a Sunday after right. a Bills game, I'm not responding to you exactly. back in the day. Exactly. You um, might hear from me Monday by noon. Yes, exactly. So they don't get too worried. But if then I'm still not responding, let's say 14 hours later, then, then it's a little iffy. They get a little tricky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. And even coworkers, I would say the end of that day. Like if they call you, you're not showing up. And then you still don't show up that whole day, no call, no show. Yeah, that's a lot. Then maybe go there. If you if the family wants you to. I mean right. they called the principal, right? right. Harry? Harry. Harry. Principal Harry. Principal. <laughs> Harry Goodman. <laughs> so now Principal Goodman went in for a polygraph. Junk science, science. Aaron. Exercise science. This is only glass of wine one. (laughs) Junk science. And he passed. Okay. He was fucking pissed. He wasn't even able to mourn her death that he had distressed over an interview. So now, as the investigation went on, over 500 people were interviewed. Wow. Like, that's a lot. I don't even think I come in contact with 500 people in a week. No, where did they get 500 people? In Lancaster. I know. I know. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Well, I guess like people from the school. Oh, right. Like if you work in Parents, school. Yeah, I think about like when I was 25, going out to the bars like five nights a week. Yeah. Different bars, different areas. Different yeah, people I mean, running into 26, 27, I could have had 500 men in and out of my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Kidding. Mom, sort if you're of. listening. Sort of. Maybe okay. 50. <laughs> <laughs> but like with every other murder and disappearance, there seemed to be peeping Tom incidents in her complex. They wow, looked Lancaster's in. Wild, wild, right? <laughs> Who would have thought? Murder, peeping toms, <laughs> shit's going down. Dagger, <laughs> cheating husbands. 
It's like a soap opera. Yeah. But unfortunately, nothing ever materialized. Over the next three years, 1,500 people in total were interviewed, and 60 people were cleared as suspects. The case ran cold. Wait. Like, I think I know that I'd be... How were only 600 cleared, and they interviewed 1,500? Not, no, six zero sixty. Only 60 were cleared? Yeah. Well, 1,500 people were interviewed in connection with the case, and then 60 people were interview- were cleared as suspects. I know I'd be dead at that point, but I think I would be flattered that they would think 60 people wanted me dead. Right. Like, what a compliment. Right. That 60 people hated me that much to kill me? Right. That's but yeah. a lot. 60 suspects, clear. Okay, okay. 1,500 people interviewed. Okay. Case is cold. It's been three years. No no more, no leads, no, That's no nothing. Very sad. Yeah. Now, fast forward at least five years. Uh, they don't really get to the exact date, but they say in the early 2000s, Vince, Christie's brother, along with another victim's family, decided to put up a billboard. The billboard had Christie and another murdered woman's faces on it. The caption read, do you know who murdered us? And gave a number to call. So there was another woman that was murdered Murdered in Lancaster. And they put these faces. I know. Wild. But sadly, nothing ever came from those calls. Okay. What is the Lancaster Police Department doing? Why are they not putting two and two together if these families are figuring it out on their own? Where are the murderers? So now let's jump. Uh, to about 2016 now. So this happened, so this was 24 years later. Okay. A new DA, Christy Wilson is her name, takes on the case. She was a young child when this murder happened, but she said it was important to her to work on this case because it was a big deal in Lancaster that it's still outstanding. She resubmitted the DNA for testing, hoping advances in DNA could give the sample a different outcome. Right, which is smart. Mm-hmm. Why is nobody else thinking, thinking about of that? This? Yeah, yeah. They've got a whole pile of jizz on right a, everywhere uh, <laughs> on the carpet that they All retest. Over town. <laughs> they get they get jizz from everybody everywhere. <laughs> now with DNA, yeah, you know they'll they get got you. jizz from car- criminals <laughs> all over town in Lancaster. <laughs> So with the new tests that were ran, they could narrow down to the skin tone of the person and possibly the country of origin based on the DNA, which I thought was wild. That is. That's crazy. Like You better be careful with your gist. Keep my gist to myself. (laughs) Keep that that away. You better swallow that. (laughs) Right now, immediately. (laughs) Show me your mouth. Show me your mouth. Open up. But still no solid movement from the DNA. Wow. Another two years go by. So it's now 2018. Okay. And Christie's brother, Vince, watching the news, sees the arrests of the Golden State Killer on the news. Oh, okay. Now, for those of you that aren't true crime junkies that just love my stunning personality... The Golden State Killer was the one who was brought down by 23andMe. He was the one that they took the DNA sample and found his familial relatives and then tracked it to him. So, Vince reached back out to the original DA, Herb Ernst was his name, and Christy Wilson with this idea. They took that sample from the carpet and submitted it for genetic testing, looking for relatives to appear. 
Thank or goodness they still had it. I know. Because a lot of that stuff gets they destroyed. thrown away, uh, like floods, right. fires, shit like that. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Okay. So the results came back with some distant cousins. One of the investigators on the case that was handling the DA was fairly confident they'd be able to find the killer based on the familial matches. Wouldn't that be some shit? Like, you're just hanging out at home and somebody knocks on your door. Like, you th- we think your cousin, your cousin is a murderer. Is a murderer. Rapist and murderer. Right. Wild. Where was your cousin at 19? 24 years ago. <laughs> 27 years ago. Right. So the DNA test came back that it contained European, Northern European, and Latino heritage, specifically Puerto Rican. Oh. The investigators went back into the suspects and interviewees to see if they could find someone with a similarly similarly appearing background. That's so wild. Yeah. That's so incredible. Yeah. An investigator went through old Lancaster newspapers looking for articles, and she got a hit. A man named Raymond Rowe with stringy black hair and a decent physique was featured in an article talking about cooking Puerto Rican food his father taught him to make. What a dick. She was convinced this was Christie's killer. Just living his life. Just living his life. Talking about cooking. After he left her socks on. (laughs) Those damn socks. So this guy, Raymond Rowe, was still in Lancaster, and he was the entire time. He was a fairly popular DJ. He worked clubs and weddings all over the area. They looked for any piece of evidence linking Christie to Raymond Rowe. They lived relatively close to each other, and Christie liked to go out to bars. They even found a ticket stub to an event that she had gone to that he was the DJ at. Oh, goodness. So maybe she met him out. But that was circumstantial, not really a definitive link. Right. Roe also strongly resembled the artist rendering from the neighbors that they had oh, done. Oh, yeah, 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 the stringy black hair. But they still needed to get a DNA sample. Right. The Pennsylvania State Police followed Raymond Rowe to an event at a local elementary school where he was DJing. Ew. That's like full circle. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. They sent undercover cops and his guests, and good old Raymond was pretty careless. An undercover cop mingled with Raymond Rowe, picked up two items that he had discarded for DNA testing, a water bottle and a piece of gum. (laughs) Wait, he just is tossing his gum on the floor? He must have threw it in the garbage or something. Yeah, they didn't. It didn't get into how they picked it up or whatever. Raymond sounds like a real class act. Like I don't know. Maybe you're just at this point not really thinking about it anymore. But even like twenty four later, like bro, like you don't watch any true crime, right? Anything, right? Like at this point, you better be watching every single thing. I would have moved. A would have moved. Oh, ten thousand. B wouldn't just be throwing my fluids all over the place. (laughs) Well, see, I wouldn't right. have killed anyone right. on purpose. Right. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> but fuck. Yeah. So these items were taken to the crime lab for testing. And after analysis, the results came back. And guess what? What, Aaron, do you think? He's a murderer. It was a match. What Lancaster police arrested Raymond Rowe. He was charged with first-degree murder. Police took him in for questioning. 
Through the course of the interview, Raymond Rowe admitted to stalking Christy and being obsessed with her. But as far as motive, there really wasn't one. So he just thought she was pretty, got obsessed with her, and just killed her. Mm -hmm. So terrible. He admitted to raping and murdering her. In order to avoid the death penalty, he pled guilty to first-degree murder, rape, and robbery. He was sentenced to life he without... He robbed her, too? What a jerk. He was sentenced to life without parole at the insistence of her family. They didn't want him to be put to death. Okay. Well, I know that that's a big issue. I don't know how I would feel if that was my Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Right? Like an eye for an eye. Yeah. When he was in court, he was apologetic. He apologized to the family and the parents. Um, Not that that makes it any better or worse. Um, But yeah. You know, like where, and like I give so much credit to the people that like are like, I forgive you. I know. For what you, I don't know. I don't think I could. Until you're there. Like I am pretty forgiving with like just different things like fucked up shit people say to you or whatever. And I'm like, because I've been there. Okay. I've done that. I've done it. I've been there. I made a mistake. Exactly. But something like this, you, he sought her out. Right. Like he was obsessed with her. He sought her out and then killed her and robbed her ass. Yeah. (laughs) Took away any opportunity at a life for this poor girl. Like I just don't, I'm not sure I could be that. Yeah. I know. Lenient. I don't you know, know I'm pretty forgiving. and I'm pretty against the death penalty in general. I am too. I I you well, I am, but he literally is saying I did it. Yeah. There's where I differ in that sort of thing. If somebody's going to well, I know, but then there's coercion. It's a it's a slippery yeah. slippery slippery slope. It really is. I don't think it's just as cut in for me yeah. it can't be as cut and dry. Yeah. Like, I think there are some people that deserve to really fry, but right. then it's like, it's not, A, it costs right. way more money to put somebody to death. Right. And B, it it's not a deterrent anymore. Right. Right. You know? They don't care. They would actually probably prefer that. Right. You know? Like, they would prefer to, to do that. Yeah. Kind of lets them off the hook, too, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think it's a much worse life where you have to spend the rest of your life in prison. Right. Than to... Unless you're at one of those real cushy. Well, I mean, if they're a murderer, they're not going to go to, like, an easy one. Right. But. Right. Let's hope not. I mean, they probably have an iPad, and I don't have an iPad. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> All right, guys. What do you think about it? Do you think that Raymond Rowe should have been put to death? Do you think, do you believe in the death penalty? Do you believe in life in prison? What would you do in that situation? You can follow us on our social medias. You know mine, 1F and Jeff. You can follow the podcast on Facebook. Uh, There's a discussion group, yada, yada. You know this is Sam's part. I always fuck this up. Where can they find you, Aaron? (laughs) All over town. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone. Talk to you next time. (laughs) Bye.